0: Hello, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast. A podcast about guitars, amps, effects, as well as a healthy dose of interesting off-topic discussions. Joining me today again is Blake Wyland, host of the Tone Mob Podcast, an entrepreneur and effects pedal junkie, as well as Richard Oliver, Wampler's own man of many hats, a longtime tone chaser and a digital entrepreneur. Good morning, fillers, and afternoon to that UK guy. Yeah,
1: it's so early. <laughs> Good evening and greetings Hey, you guys! I missed you guys.
0: How you doing? Yeah, you're back this week. We had uh, we missed you too. We had, uh, I mean, we had a good podcast last week, but it was, you know, it's different. The vibe is different with when you have like three different people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's still fun. It's just like, I don't know, it's like a different crowd.
1: Well, it's kind of like
0: hanging out with different friends.
1: It (laughs) was. It's like when we uh, when Richard had to. Go to some sort of concert or something in the middle yeah. of the Patreon. Last I was doing it, mm-hmm. and we just basically spent that whole time reflecting on how this is how it used to be, and
2: it's kind of <laughs> weird. I haven't heard. Of, I haven't heard that yet because somebody's a little late at editing the episode. I, but, uh, yeah,
0: I am. Yeah, I. Uh, I messed up.
2: <laughs> I You've got a good excuse up. this week. Uh, I'll let you off. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, that means I haven't spoken to you properly since I did go and meet one of my idols then, like. N-
1: no, we've texted about it, but yes. we have not spoken about it. I it imagine you and Brian talked about it last week. I, but... I may have mentioned it once or twice for about an hour. Yeah. He was. Or, wait, or did we, we talk entire... about it? I can't remember now. No, did I we talk about on the it was, last. I think it was after. Yeah, because I was going to the concert. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right.
2: It was amazing. I mean, like I say, Lee was awesome. He hooked me up. I got to meet some absolute legends of music. Um, I met I met somebody who's recorded like the best album of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm done. And Turn you get early. out
0: dad joked by him. Anti out dad. That's right. Me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, my
1: text thread and my conversations right, are running this. together. So, yeah, I definitely yeah. said this, but
0: yeah.
2: No, that was awesome. But. Uh, uh, it wasn't just me who's had awesome guitar times we We should just jump straight in Blake. you've had some awesome guitar times in the last week.
1: oh wow, yeah uh I'm sure some people saw, but if you didn't yeah i was I was in Nashville for a week doing some stuff at Stringjoy, which we can get into if it if it bears mentioning. But what the listeners probably really care about is, yeah, I got to play a uh one point two million dollar guitar. So that was kind of interesting. Oh, I've got one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 1958 Karina Explorer uh, that was owned by a man named Big Ed for years. He played this, him and his brother. I'm going to butcher the story a little bit, so go, go look up the real story. But the, the essentials are him and his brother bought a Karina flying V. His brother bought the V, and he bought this Explorer, one of, I believe, 14 in existence or 14 that were built who knows how many exist currently and uh they they just played together in various capacities these guitars were always kind of viewed as a as a pair uh they were bought by somebody who I can't remember the name of and I feel terrible. This is brilliant. Uh,
2: this is this is absolute this journalism is, gold, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't come prepared. My brain's fried. I had to stay overnight in I, Minneapolis, so I'm stuff all messed happen- up.
0: Like, these, this guy bought this guitar <laughs> and then stuff happened. And then, like, it was worth a ton. It was awesome.
1: What did you say about stoners earlier, Richard? Oh, that was off the mic. <laughs> that um, was yeah. off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was uh, whatever he played with some so, band I'll, I'll, called Fleetwood Mac, but it wasn't the original Fleetwood Mac guitarist. So I can't remember his name. Um, I'm sorry. Karina, though, you, you use the
2: word Karina and I have definitely read the word Karina. Now, was mm-hmm. that a factory or was that a brand before That's the wood? Oh, it's
1: uh, OK. So yes. what is
2: special about these guitars then?
1: They're just super, super rare. They didn't make very many of them. And they're from, you know, that golden era of Gibson. You know, the it was 1958. So, you know, the 59, 58 era, everyone's, it's just the most sought after stuff. You know, the the bursts, the 59 bursts, everyone craves and pays a ridiculous amount of money for. And the Karina Explorers and Vs are even more rare than that. So uh, Gibson was able to track this one down. And they bought it, and now they are on the hunt for its brother, the the V. So, but
2: why is it worth 1.3 gazillion? I
1: forget. Again, it's just you know supply and demand, man. There's only so many of them, so that's what they go for. If you okay. want one, hmm. yeah. did you plug it in? Uh, well, I well, I don't want to give away too much, but there was some amplifiers there from uh, Mesa Boogie. As, which makes sense, right? One of them belonged to some guy named Keith Richards. I don't know if you've hear, heard of that guy before, but he, I guess he was in a band or something.
0: was he in Pink Floyd?
1: Yeah, it was in,
0: no, it was in, uh, uh, hmm, uh, what was it? Leonard Skinner.
1: Yes, that's what it was. It was Leonard Skinner, yeah. And another guy named San, Santana? Carlos Santana, there was, yeah. So, the country chicken picker, right? Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not water. at all known for his smoothness. Uh, right. You know, it's not just like the ocean under the moon or anything like right.
0: that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, So those amps were there and were experimented with, and uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. They so, had all kinds of rare stuff in there. Let me get
2: this right. You touched the knobs of Keith Richards and Carlos Santana. Is that what you're telling us?
1: i'm not gonna say that i didn't i mean i
2: I would have been like trying to rub some of the tone dust out of those amps
1: uh, so mark ignisi was who was taking me around and i when i was holding that that explorer i like hugged it and i told him i'm just trying to absorb some of the mojo (sighs) just like (laughs) i'm just trying to get a little bit of it i wasn't expecting to get to play any of these things
2: no, uh, that's absolutely amazing. Did he hand you a straw and then like a, a, a razor blade and say, just chop yourself a line of varnish and snort it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else did, does. We Special did talk keys. about how, how that had, there probably were some razors that had um, done a little chopping on top of that particular Richard's Mesa boogie and there was a cigarette sure. burn. Uh, yeah, it I saw been a cigarette
2: burn on the, on the guitar neck.
1: Could have been a left-handed cigarette or a regular one. I'm not really sure, but, uh, A student yeah. cigarette, you reckon? <laughs> yes, yeah, student cigarette. <laughs> But yeah, because so, I walked into the vault and you can visit the vault. Like, that's not the craziest thing. If, if it's available and there's a manager around, they'll, they'll let people go back there and, and see it as long as there's, like, not an artist in town or something. But... Uh, you don't usually get to touch the guitars. That was the special part, which I was absolutely not expecting at all. Mark just pulled it out, and he's like, there you go. Like Mark oh. just pulled it out, and you touched it. That's amazing. Wow, you were really going there, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> <No.
0: laughs> <No. laughs> what No. Wait. No. Okay. So,
1: this isn't the Patreon just, section, guys.
2: You guys <laughs> oh, really... <laughs> just, just to dial it back for people who don't know, uh, what is Mark's role at Gibson? I'm sure a lot of people do know, but just for clarity...
1: Yeah, I think his title is Brand Ambassador. So as many people are probably familiar, internet guitar enthusiasts, he was at Norm's Rare Guitars, which is a really famous guitar store in California. And and we will touch on a subject there. Yeah, Yes, Yes, yes. And he did a lot of what he called guitar of the day. So they had so many insanely amazing guitars come through that shop. He would pull them out, play them. in a short clip for the internet and talk about him. And he did that very consistently. He was one of the, you know, uh, early Instagram content creators. Yeah. Let's call him a pioneer. Let's call him what he is. Yeah. Pioneer. I, I like to call Brian a pioneer. Is that just because he looks like he has dysentery? Or. (laughs) What do you mean, looks like he has? Oh.
2: What do you think a diet of yogurt and peanut butter does to his internals?
1: (laughs) You remember that song Smooth we were talking about earlier?
2: (laughs) That's disgusting. Anyhow, so Mark is brand ambassador. And, yes. Pray tell, what kind of wonderful and not at all troll like individual
1: hooked you and Mark up? Nick Scott. As many what? people know. yeah, he's, he's not the vile troll that you have accused him of being. I've never said such I things. I to fluffy troll. Because he's <laughs> got a lovely dog. Um, no, he, you know. he, uh, he knew I was in Nashville and him and Mark are internet friends and so he made that connection and so thank you Nick. That wouldn't have happened without you. That was very, very kind and I really had an amazing experience. Uh, outside of the guitars though, there are a few th- things for the nerds but uh, I think you'll like, I'm all they also had, uh, yeah, they had Orville Gibson's tools in the drawer there. So like his chisels and different things, that was pretty cool. They had the original articles of incorporation for yes, Gibson. Saw that. That's amazing. That was incredible. Uh, and they were like 1890 or something, were they? Some, 1898, I believe. Right. Somewhere in, yeah, something like that. And they're, they the, got to touch them. They're right there. Uh, They had, um, they took me to a different section. I don't remember if I took any photos of this, but they had all the build ledgers from like way back. So they pulled out, they were trying to find a guitar from like 1936. They had the original book. They pulled it out and they were thumbing through the handwritten, like we built this guitar on this day and with these specs and like just lines and lines and lines. Um, okay, and
0: this one went to Abraham Lincoln.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it had Orville Gibson, I guess, didn't make that many guitars. He primarily made like mandolins and he was really into doing lots of inlay work and things that didn't, uh, <laughs> like Mark said, didn't really work for having like a business. They were robotic very head tuners. Did, did he make, like in
2: 1898, did he make steam-powered ro- <laughs> robotic head tuners that was
1: so heavy that essentially you had to be wheeled around on them? <laughs> yes, yes, pretty much. But he did have uh, two of his guitars. Well, there's more. There were hundreds in that case. But, but he pulled out two guitars that Orville Gibson had made as well as the first mandolin that he made. Uh there was just there was it was just a huge list of incredible stuff. The first guitar ever played on television in night from I think nineteen thirty six uh, Again I saw it? that
2: picture. That was like yeah. a sort of acoustic with a black pick card, if I remember. It was remember a Gibson right.
1: Advanced Jumbo. Yeah. Yeah, is what yeah. that Ooh, was. Nice. And it was from ni- the guitar was built in nineteen thirty-six. I don't remember what the air date was on the uh, television uh bit, but yeah, first guitar ever on TV. And they thought it would It would never take off. They thought, this is too expensive of a technology. No one's going to have this in their home. What, television or guitars? Television, yeah. Yeah,
2: and uh, That would have been a good outlook for a guitar company.
1: No, probably Uh, not. Our
2: products are too expensive for anyone. Let's close down before we start selling. Um, (laughs) Did you see any famous, like, you know, other than the ones that you've put up, Keith Richards, etc., anything from, you know, Jimmy Page or...
1: Uh, Mm, no the 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 rest of the guitars in there were just like rare vintage examples I don't think they had the pedigree uh, at least not that I was aware of right Um, or I simply forgot because this week has been quite quite the whirlwind for me as you could hear by my extreme journalistic skills early on in the episode
0: yeah but for anyone listening if you do get a chance in your Nashville you should stop by the Gibson that Gibson factory it's 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 a pretty fun hang, if nothing else. But they do well, have a lot. It's of It's not stuff. the factory we keep calling the factory, it that. but it's the um, Gibson Garage. Garage, yeah. thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, it, and it's uh, cool. There used to be there. Used, there was a Gibson factory out by out near the Opry. Uh, that is still there.
1: I just is it don't, still there? Yeah, yeah. That's not that far from the Stringjoy shop. Actually, actually, that's oh, really? where everybody kept referring to. Like, oh, it's out by Stringjoy. You're out by Gibson.
0: Like, yeah. Well, gotcha. Kinda. I didn't mm-hmm. know it's still out there. It was one here. time. It was in the mall. In the mall, well, really? There was a mall there. I think I think the mall is the mall still there. The mall's it's still, still there me. by the Opry. Okay. That's still there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're yeah, basically there was, there was speaking a
2: foreign language to me at this point. The mall
0: yeah. is still there by the Opry. None well, of these see, words work in England. So there used to be an, <laughs> an Opry land. Like basically like King's Island. You probably don't know what King's Island is. Basically a big amusement yeah. park that um, you know, more country music centered, I suppose.
2: A country music um, themed amusement park. Yeah. Yeah. I mean again, referring back to our good friend Nick Scott, uh Fluffy Troll Extraordinaire, that's probably his personal hell. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, he, he would not he would not like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't send him to Dollywood.
0: Don't uh, send him to Dollywood. Uh, send Bad me idea. to
1: Dollywood. I want to go to Dollywood.
0: <laughs> But yeah, it was a it was a great
1: time and uh I definitely check out the Gibson Garage. Even if you don't do the whole behind the scenes thing, the the shop itself is just super cool. There's yeah. hundreds of guitars just circling overhead. Mm-hmm. It's it's a they they put a lot of love and time into making it a cool experience. Can you spend money there? See. Oh, you can spend money there. Oh yeah. Did you spend oh, yeah. money there? <laughs> I bought a hat. <laughs> Does that count? Not
2: so, really, uh, uh, but I understand that the uh, temptation to drop five Gs on a sixty-one heritage is probably uh, a little bit uh, too much
1: to take in. So don't. It was. A, it. it was. It was. There were some very tempting instruments in there. <laughs> That's. I think they Including put the cream the of the one that cream of looks the like draw. a tulip. Uh, yeah, that one was fun. That was actually the prototype. Uh, back up a little bit. They call that the Theodore. I think yes, and, probably, and it was
2: prototype. Was it a 40s design? A 50, no. Uh, it was
1: a 50s design. It was a 50s uh, design, yeah. Ted McCarty, who was president of Gibson, I believe then. Yeah. He, th- they, uh, he drew this kind of weird tulip-looking design. I bet And he did. when it first came out, I was not really into it. But when I saw it in person, I was like, ooh, wait a minute. I think I get no, this I- now.
2: I reacted the same. When I saw the photos, I was like, somebody at Gibson has been smoking something very strong because that's awful. And then I saw a few videos of it where it sort of moved and you could appreciate the the sort of three dimensions of it. And I thought, actually, it's still not my first choice, but it's nowhere near horrendous.
1: Yeah. Um, it was so, cool because oh, they very, had the, cool. um, the copy of... So how that happened is in that room where... I was talking about Orville Gibson's guitars and everything. They have just stacks and stacks of documents and somebody was going through looking for something else. And they found this drawing, the original drawing of what became known as the Theodore. And it was a just a Ted McCarty sketch that he had. And so they had the a copy of it there in the vault where all those guitars were. But when I got to go upstairs, we were going through some other stuff and Mark's like, oh, here is that original drawing. I got to hold it and look at I it am. and yeah, it's they have a lot of history there. Did you there. make any annotations like take the silly headstock
2: off? <laughs> put Floyd this of Rose <laughs> more in. like
1: a Telecaster. Yeah. Put a Bigsby
2: <laughs> and a Floyd Rose on it.
1: <laughs> Whoa. Both? Like one on each end? Yeah, twin neck it. Mhm. There you go. I like that. Yeah. So um so, anyway. I will get
2: the, the the sort of uh, <laughs> sad bit out of the way Uh, sad from you know a connection but sad for the world of guitars i read this week that norm himself from norm's rare guitars is currently suffering with um i I think he's got cancer so um that's Mm. horrible to read he is literally a legend in our industry and we all wish him i'm sure you guys probably know him but we all wish him well that's horrible
0: We'll be right back. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions, and we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So, tune in and go follow Mab Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't know anything was wrong. And Mark actually was the one who told me about that when I was there. And then I think they posted shortly thereafter. It, yeah. it was like, wow, things well, come at you fast. And
2: for me, you know, that's a name that... uh, and I'm going to lighten the mood a little here, I'm sure, but it's a name that was introduced to me by the greatest rockumentary of all Mm -hmm. time, Spinal Tap, which, British viewers, is still available on BBC iPlayer um, in glorious high definition, uh, and I watched it again the other day. So, yeah, um, that's how I heard of uh, Norm. So his fame goes... Uh, a long way and obviously Mark Agnesian I think that's how uh Nick got got to meet Mark was I think he did the header for the YouTube page for Norm's rare guitars or Oh, is that like what that. happened? Okay. Yeah. He uh cuz he, he likes to dabble with a bit of 3D design. He did some bits and pieces for us in the past uh like YouTube header and and bits for Bry. So uh yeah, I think that's that connection. But yeah, I started to watch Spinal Tap for the first time in about 15 years the other day and I did not regret it. I didn't make it, it to the end though. It's it's so good. It's I can hilarious. Pretty much recite every single word.
0: Yeah, it's you have seen a it, right Bri? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, okay, yep. just checking. You're looking like blank. So I'm oh. thinking either it's, it's a different email or yeah. it's the no, we were talking kicking. about
0: we were talking about Norm and it reminded me of uh, a friend of a friend of who passed away? Uh, I, I don't know if you know him, but Tom Bresch just passed away from cancer. Uh, I don't. I don't know him. No, Tom Brash? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, he's uh, well. I, I would say a well-known guitar player, but yeah, I think I saw somebody so. else mention it online. Actually, <laughs> that name rings a bell. Yeah, super sweet guy, and always came around at Nam. Just hung out, and, uh, just kind of a bummer, you know. When yeah. as you get older and your friends start dying, it kind of sucks. <laughs> yep.
2: No, yeah. that's,
0: uh, yeah. despite that's my best to efforts shame.
2: to bring this to a cheerier conclusion by mentioning Spinal Tap, <laughs> but, that has also yeah, brought me right yeah. back down <laughs> again. Brad. You um,
0: mentioned Norm and it just brought me Well,
2: that, I mean, but, look, yeah. we're all going to die of probably two things if if we don't get killed by uh, a madman with uh, weaponry uh, and uh, of, of the nuclear variety. Um, and that is cancer or heart attack. So enjoy every single day. Um, that's my advice. The way
1: I was eating this weekend, it's probably going to be a heart attack. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was my next
2: subject. What what animals have you consumed?
1: Oh, have boy. you done the full Noah's Ark? I don't think I'm getting close. I think I'm. I, yeah, I, I still need to find a newt. But uh, once I get that, I think I'll have the. I'll have nice. every beast under the sun. Uh, no, I. Uh, I did. I was actually kinder to my body on this trip than my last one. I made sure to keep a a bunch of fruit on hand that I ate every night right before bed just, just to try to offset. A sort
2: of prophylactic against yeah. the heart attack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had a lot of oranges and apples and, and things uh, right before bed. But yeah, I mean, I had some new incredible pizza spots in, in Nashville, new to me anyway. Uh, Smith and Lentz, which is a brewery mm. that started making pizza, um, which is a relatively new spot, incredible pizza. Um, and one that was uh, recommended by a listener, I believe it was called a Napoli. I probably butchered that, but that I believe that's what it was called. And it's or a legit, Napoli, like a, maybe N A P O L I. That would be Napoli. Napoli. Napoli? Yeah. That's probably that sounds more correct and less yeah. American. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it it was an Italian family spot. They they had the wood fired pizzas. I I ate it. It was glorious. I had a sample of their lasagna, and I'm not normally like the biggest lasagna guy, but this lasagna was absolutely incredible and I will be eating it next time I go back there. It was awesome. Lasagna made well is a very, very good thing.
0: Have you ever tried a good lasagna bry? Laza- what are you calling it lasagna? Lasagna, lasagna. Yeah. L- lasag- are you doing that? On lasagna. Purpose? No, it <clears throat> we call it lasagna in this house. No, it's that's that's not correct. His wife's, his wife's Italian. She's gonna yeah. she's punch wrong. you right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> tell gonna she, she'll wife, punch you with a lasagna dish. <laughs> she's she's been pronouncing it wrong all her life. It is lasagna. Lasagna. <laughs> are, are you Yo. a fan of the lasagna or lasagna, Brian? <laughs> Actually, I'm not a big pasta fan. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, <sighs> I'll, I'll eat it if if you know it, it. Someone makes it and they're like, "Here's dinner." I'm like, "All right, that's fine." But yeah, if it was me, it'd basically be tacos all the time. Consuming
2: sustenance immediately, <laughs> fuel cells refilled.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's it's tacos and peanut butter.
2: And sometimes together, together. together yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like but, uh, lasagna. Yeah, that
0: no, was that was amazing. I'm a what else I, I eat? I'm a big fan of meat.
2: I I have food-related stories for you, actually, Blake. Uh, so last week, my daughter got. I mean. Me and my daughter have both had some pretty good weeks in the last two weeks. I got to meet some legends and then we both went on holiday to Amsterdam and then she got to see a band that she never thought she would see play live, uh, which is My Chemical Romance. But as a bonus, one of the warm-up acts who did a two-hour set was Placebo. And she absolutely... I mean, I love Placebo. She absolutely loves Placebo and is seeing them separately. So we had to take her to My Chemical Romance, and out of, you know, I'm just not cool enough to go and watch My Chemical Romance. (laughs) Uh, I I refuse to wear the eyeliner. I'm not putting on on a red tie. I'm not wearing the tartan. It's just not happening. Come Um, on. I have never seen so many individuals who all look exactly the same in one place. (laughs) Honestly, it was, wow. Like, it was a sea of 15-year-olds, all with, like, emo uniforms on but so we we drove her up there it's 86 miles from my house it took me two hours to get 81 miles and then the final four miles took me two and a half hours in the car i mean we could have got out and pushed the car quicker uh should have rode a bike i really should have done like they do in amsterdam uh and that's a much more civilized way of transport by the way anyway we we got there. A penny farthing. We dropped her off. Me and Anna then went to explore the beautiful and now city status enabled Milton Keynes, which they they had this idea. Milton Keynes is a, a relatively new place in England, and they had this idea. I've got no idea what kind of idiots they got it from. But they've put <laughs> all of their streets in blocks. So like everything is square. So, like, every single part of Milton Keynes is just, like, gridded out, like some kind of madman's nightmare. And it is so bland. Uh, no idea where that came from. But
0: well, I, I think you know, that's because like actually,
1: like, a good design yeah. because you can know where you're at. But it, also, okay, so in America, <clears throat> the blocks do tend to work.
2: i I've walked around a lot of places in, like, New York and sort of some of the dodgier parts of Queens. You can always find where you're going with a block system that works. But there's something about Milton Keynes. They've designed it with an in- interesting English time-travelling aspect. Because if you turn left four times, you actually end up three miles to your west. It's just absolutely crazy. It's
0: <laughs> no well, sense. I mean, you have to expect that, though, from the largest settlement, the largest settlement in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> Buckinghamshire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Careful, I am a Buckinghamshire boy by uh, birth, uh, well, by living, Bri, so... Yeah, well, Steady. it's it's probably because the River Great Ouse the forms Ouse. its northern boundary. The Ouse, <laughs> yeah, as I said, well, the Great forms Ouse, northern, no, it's northern boundary. You know, yeah. the what, what year
2: was Milton Keynes uh, put together, Bri? Because uh, that's a sort of knowledge that I don't have, being a resident of these islands,
0: but you oh, do. Gosh, mean, you know, I think about the 1960s. I think I the government decided yeah. that a further generation of new towns. Uh, near the south, southeast of England, uh-huh. needed to relieve housing congestion from London. Anyhow. That's just purely off off the top of my head. What, yeah, what I will but. say
2: is, I mean, it has every single chain restaurant known to man, including a Cinnabon, and I don't see many Cinnabons in the UK. There's probably about five, and this was one of them. So we went into the main foodie, like, escape Center, and I immediately saw a Punjabi Indian restaurant. And Mm -hmm. in this country, most Indian restaurants are kind of Bangladeshi and it's more cream and sugar and, like, grease. This was Punjab. I was like, Anna, we we must eat here. And we ate there. I spent so much money that I could have probably fed twice as many people. But I had to have a little bit of everything. And, oh, it was so good, Blake. I thought of you as I I belched up
1: various spices. Uh, You know, there's nothing I would rather be thought of whilst occurring, you know, that's just, that's just wonderful. Uh, and then
2: I had some yogurt and I thought of Bryce. So uh, <laughs> 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 Did, yes, uh, so that
1: did was you happen back- to, you when you picked up your daughter, did yeah. you happen to see anything occurring in the parking lot of so, the show? Well, firstly,
2: what we did is we, we dropped her off, we went at night and we came back and we were like, oh, this will be finished by quarter to ten, uh, no, half, Quarter to eleven, probably it was. So we ended up just like walking around the stadium. Uh, we heard quite a lot of the concert, and I got jealous because it sounded like a really, really good show. And everything. I mean, Leela came out practically in tears. Um, but no, I, I heard some sort of raucous um, activity
1: with a megaphone. That's all. Yes. I heard. <laughs> yes. What, what yes. was that? That was uh, that was uh, glitchers. What I've is Glitchers? Yeah, what 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 is it? Glitchers is a two uh, like a, a full blown punk rock two piece band from yes. the UK, and they go around playing uh, normally just in town squares for like fifteen minutes uh, at a time, and they just they just tear it up. And uh, the, the guitarist Jake is a string joy artist, and he he came on the, the Tone Mob podcast and all that. And he messaged me. He said Frank saw us on your page. And has invited us to play the after show in the parking lots of the whole My oh, Chem tour. Oh, how amazing. Yeah. 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 So That's I was cool. messaging with, with Frank today because I knew that was over and I just sort him for... Sorry, you messaging
2: with Frank Ayero from uh, My Chemical Romance? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm just going to say this now. If If you can get any form of communication from Frank... To my daughter, you will solve most of my parental problems for the next two years. <laughs> That's a two-year dad pass. She she could not stand them anymore. Uh, she loves my chemical romance. Well, you know she's got the Frank Aero signature guitar. She also went to see him with his solo band maybe two years ago. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. basically she, Frank is his George, Lynch, or uh, her George is, Lynch. Is her George Lynch or, yeah. Yeah. or, or David Gilmore. So uh like well, we need to talk about this, Blake. This is serious power you're wielding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, well, that is good to know. Um, I have a few things I need. Um, Do you need <laughs> pedals? <laughs> if you need pedals, I will trade pedals for uh, things from Frank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, I uh, I'm hoping, fingers crossed. Uh, we've we've talked it. Well, I think we've talked about this on the show before. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they first announced that they were reuniting and, and going on tour you know immediately i i messaged frank and was like i see you're coming to the to Daco- T- the tacoma dome which is uh, 2 hours away that's from here so. <laughs> not not today apparently <laughs> but i said hey you know cuz when he did the his tour with the future violence it was uh, smaller clubs and stuff he was playing and right. that's when he was like come on over with a bunch of pedals and we'll nerd out so we did that and i said i have even more pedals now would you like me to come to the tacoma dome with A ridiculous amount of effects pedals and he was like yeah you know i do so uh, my wife and i are also giant my chemical romance fans and we were so excited to go see that tour and to hang out and nerd out about distortions and all that stuff and lynn actually said because this was yeah it was like nine months out She's yeah. like, don't get your hopes up because anything could happen between then and now. And I was like, it'll be fine. Nothing could possibly happen between then and now that would prevent concerts from happening <laughs> for two
2: years. Right. <laughs> Insert yeah. COVID here, oh.
1: Boink! and yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, all that to say, they I believe are going to do some U.S. stuff, and uh, I'll see see what uh, what he has time for. As I said, hook, hook a brother up, man. Oh, you could you could save so many
2: tears in this household. You could literally give me like, be like a pass to just say, you will tidy your room now. You definitely will go and speak to grandma. You know, that's just like, uh, I could just like say, here's a text from Frank. He says you should go to see your grandma. (laughs) Ah, The infinite power you now wield.
1: It was, it was, it was hilarious because while you were talking about the show, you know, we got the iMessage going and it popped up on my screen, like, as you were talking about My Chemical Romance, he had replied to something. I mean, weird. Weird I, timing.
2: I have to say, I've seen a, a clip of one song from the show. I'm so happy I took her. I'm so happy we did the good thing and let her go in with her, her current male friend and, you know, not cramp her style as parents, because this looks like this would have been one of the gigs of a generation. This looks like this is going to be, like, in 20 years, she's going to be like, I was at that My Chemical Romance gig where no one thought they'd get back together, and they did, and it was so cool. I was like, "Yeah, we did. We got dad points and mum points that night, definitely."
1: Very, very well done. Good so, job, uh, Richard. I feel like that should be, you know, you should, that should already give you a little bit of room cleaning. Push. Oh, oh, it did. For, it did for like, um,
2: well, the car journey home and possibly the first hour of the next morning, uh, and then it soon <laughs> disappeared. I did eight mm. hours of driving that day, dude. It absolutely
0: killed me. Um, yeah, but, I talked to Richard at, in the evening, oh. my time, and I'm like, <laughs> why are you still awake? <laughs> <laughs> He's like,
1: if I'm being honest, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: not even sure you exist. Um, so I, I've got another point, which you boys had slightly different opinions to me on, but I really wanted to bring it up because I think it's really uh, an interesting one. Uh, I saw a thread on uh, one of the guitar Crap posting. Keeping it PG, Bryce. See what I did there. Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. Good Saves job. Me
0: editing time.
2: I, I saw this uh, <laughs> this post on this melon farming uh, forum, and uh, it was like, uh, which is harder, guitar or drums, essentially? And, you know, people were going, well, you know, drums are harder, guitars are harder. And I just... Everyone eventually, of course, was saying guitar is harder, and I think
1: you'd probably both say the same if I was going to guess. No, drums are harder because I can't play drums and I can sort of play guitar,
0: and I've tried Mm. to play
1: the drums many, many times. I'm terrible at it.
0: I think. I think both are hard to really excel at. Definitely true. Like I, I can play a four-four beat on drum, you know, like yeah, Yeah. six-four,
2: but never mind. Whatever. It was, but, it wasn't, and,
0: and, you know, I mean, if you get a guitar, like, it's pretty easy to learn, like, the G, C, and D chords. You're like, aha, I know every song in country music now. It's me for 20 um, years. I know the pentatonic <laughs> scale. I can play the guitar. Right, right. So, I mean, like, those are pretty easy stepping stones. But I think to, like, get to a point where you really know the fretboard or you really understand the intricacies of timing and, and like, drum licks. I don't know what they fills, fills, I guess you would yeah. call it, like. Um, I mean, I think there's, it, they both can be pr- pretty, pretty hard things to master. They they both are. And so. You I, can't listen to Neil Pert, for example, and be like, oh, I could do that. Easy. Easy.
1: <laughs> so simple. <I> <laughs> a child can do it. A quarter
0: yeah. of a second.
2: Um, <laughs> so I, I started off playing guitar. I got lessons from a friend who I thought was a prodigy. He wasn't. He was good. But like lessons from another 15 year old are not like lessons from a real teacher. So. Uh, I thought I was good on the guitar, and then I decided I wanted to play the drum. I, I've always really like, wanted to play the drums the most, so I eventually got a drum kit, and my friend, who is um, uh, literally one of the best drummers I, I have ever seen, he just even at the age of 15, 16, he was killing it, uh, he taught me the, the, the rudiments and showed me how to get like a bit further with it, and then I just learnt myself for years. So with the drums, you can learn yourself a lot because there's only a limited number of surfaces you can play at one time, you know, so you can dial the size of the kit down, Uh, yes, there's nuances to everything you do, but uh, with the drums, you come across what I would call like mental stroke physical barriers where your limbs just literally cannot move in the ways they need to to make the noises that other drummers are able to do. You don't come across the same thing on the guitar, like yeah, something might be so fast. Sure, you do. I
0: mean, I mean, have you heard Steve I play? Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) How in the how? What? Are Mm. you okay? You're not human.
2: No, but you can. uh, You you know how he plays it. Like you can watch him if you you know a bit about the code. You're like, yeah, I can understand how to play. I just can't do it because I don't have that skill. Whereas with the drums, there are things that you can know how to play and know what to do, but your brain just won't move you know, left leg has to move every 16th beat, right leg's moving every fourth, and then you've got like a syncopated shuffle with your right hand and then you're rolling around the toms of your left hand. It, it kind of stretches a different part of your brain. So I think you're right, to excel in either is equally difficult, I think. It's in some ways easier to play the drums because of the lack of surfaces at a basic level that you'd get away with in a band than it is the guitar. But there are definite physical barriers with drumming that just don't exist with the client. It's not just about the speed, because for sure it's it's harder to keep up with speedier drum beats as you get older, as it is to keep up with, you know, Brian's insane speed metal licks as as he gets older. Oh yes, older.
0: the sweeps, <laughs> if if he will. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But there's a I, really good thing about playing a different instrument. Final point: I definitely would advise that everybody tries a different type of instrument. So we all play a few stringed instruments, but definitely try something that's either woodwind or brass or percussion
1: because it definitely exercises a different
2: part of your musical brain.
0: Yeah, which... Uh, um Good
1: Blake. Um, I was going to say, I play both guitar and baritone guitar, so, you know, <laughs> look at me over here. <laughs> no, I've actually said for years... Now, this, this may be slightly controversial, I'm not sure, but in a band context... It is the easiest instrument to get started on, I think, is bass, but it's also the hardest instrument to get really, really good at. Like or I, one of the hardest. I,
0: I would even posit that you can be a mediocre guitar player in a in a band and the band can still sound great, but if you're a mediocre drummer, the band's not gonna sound great. Right. Like a mm-hmm. great drummer can actually make the band sound.
1: Especially like a great drummer and a great bass player. The guitarist can kind of yeah. play oh, power a, chords in a, and a it's tight fine. rhythm
2: section. Right. You've mm-hmm. basically got a band. Like the guitarist yeah. could literally play like some of that stuff you sent us earlier from the hotel where you were just basically recording your toilet flushing, mm-hmm. putting it through 15 mm-hmm. echo plexes in a metal zone and it sounded right. pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
0: yeah, 100%. That's exactly agree. what I did. Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Good, good bass players. Oh, oh. Speaking
0: of uh, playing through the, at a hotel room, I got to bring this up. I think I've switched over to the dark side.
1: What? What'd you do?
0: I bought a Kemper.
1: Oh, no. Why? This show's
2: over, boys. I'm out of here. Yeah, wrap it up.
0: <laughs> Come on. Throw
2: the whole
1: podcast on, in the garbage. Delete the feed. This is not. We're done.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? Why? This podcast shall now be called Chasing Profiles from Here. Uh, on. <laughs> and what okay, is, so, what so is so the, the view? So the view I'm is not, a really bad television
1: I'm, show in the United States that no one should ever watch.
0: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Unlike a lot of people who are who are buying Kempers or, or you know, those type of devices, I'm not getting rid of anything. I'm just adding to it by getting a Kemper. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to use it because I'm like, I would like to create a lot of profiles. Who are you trying to convince us or yourself, boy? No, I mean, (laughs) I was actually, because I was, I, what started it was because I've been playing in this band Mm -hmm. and one of the people in the band asked me uh, about why I don't create profiles for our staff. And I didn't have a good answer. Like, I guess because I don't have a Kemper. And I thought, why don't I have a Kemper? and why aren't why am i not creating profiles so like wh- legitimate what are profiles?
2: profiles in kemper world
0: so imagine you take um the tumness, and you're like you know what this tumness, when i run it with uh, i don't know when i run it into the bell and i stack those together that creates a really unique sound if only i could take that with me wherever i go and and not not have to drag the pedals with me as well. Like I could just have that sound on a preset. Well, so you create a profile of that. So how do you and create the profile? I don't have the Kemper yet. I don't know, but I mean, I'll, it's it's Dark on magic. its way too. Yeah, I mean, I know candles, r- guys so, with robes. So you know, roughly you're sending signals to it. <laughs> roughly you're sending signals to it, and it's, and it's doing processing
2: them. Yeah, I got that bit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just some math.
2: Yeah, record Basically. something. It plays it back. Yeah, sure. Why not? Mm.
0: Right. So, so I'm.
1: uh, uh-huh. uh well, I was good. finish your thought. I I played with a Kemper this weekend, and I have thoughts. So,
0: oh, so yeah. I mean, uh, so I'm not using it to like replace any of my amps. I'm using it as an additional tool that I can one create new stuff with, and two I can also you know mess with it myself when i am recording like it's just another it's almost like buying another amp in a way to me because if there's time. one
2: thing brian wampler doesn't have it's enough
1: amps
0: there is no <laughs> such thing there's like when you when you look at the math on how many amps a person should have there's always a plus one at the end of that
1: oh absolutely same with pedals same with same guitars. With mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, it's like whenever I see those threads and say, which pedal should I buy? And I'm like, why are you asking which? Yeah. Just I get saw, them both. I saw your
2: response to the guy who was asking, should I buy a Bell or should I buy a Timmy? And you're like, I'm struggling to not tell you to just buy both because that's <laughs> what you should do. <laughs> uh, and, and you're right. Um, so what do you? What, I've not played one, Blake. You've played with one. Uh, I'm guessing by the angry look on your face, you're not. Oh, no, he's smiling at me. And it's beautiful. Uh <laughs> ah. And the world is right god tell us
1: about it so i, I yeah i messed with uh, one this weekend and i still stand by like i've heard people make great sounding stuff with kempers uh, and i've heard people record with kempers and i think it's a really interesting bit of technology that said we were playing with two like a, a mesa boogie and a, uh oh, I wish I could remember the name. There was a small builder out of Canada that was also there. Had a great Marshall-style amp. We were jamming all three of those together. And it could have been the particular profile that was on. I didn't mess with it too much. But the Kemper sounded noticeably, like, naslier. And, like, I was like, well, this. Those tube amps sound a lot better than this, and so, it it could have just I, been the setting. Uh, granted, I didn't go in and like do specific dialing in of anything in, but it was just like mm, this setting's not great at the very wait, least.
0: So, so you had the amp and you made a profile of it, or it's just the, no, the it was just a, it that, was
1: a completely different profile. It was I don't remember what it was, but we were just right. jamming in the same room. Gotcha.
0: And so, and, so you're right. Like, is there are some pretty bad sounding profiles, and there's some really good sounding profiles, and there's unlimited, like there's so many of them that it's kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. I, at least on, on their website, I, they have like a free section in their forum and it was like almost a thousand pages of free. Uh, and honestly, that's profiles. kind of
2: what, I, I think if I was younger, I'd really love that. But right now, I, I get like option overload with things. Um, I, and I'm not trying to denigrate the, the Kemper. I'm sure it's a fantastic piece of kit and I, I've been thinking about some sort of floor modeler uh, as well. But only for research purposes. However, um, yeah, I'm just not it's there. Turn to get excited about, yeah, right? I yeah. just can't get excited about it. Uh, I don't know. You, you're going to have surprises
0: me because you do a lot of recording from home, and you, I mean, I mean, of course, we, we use plugins as well to to create some amp sounds. But but it's I see just that as sketches. To do that. You know, I kind of see
2: it as sketches, and and I kind of get the option paralysis with the two notes uh, stuff because you get so many different IRs and bits and pieces. It's like, but I like my one amp, so I'm just going to find that one amp's IR and just use that because that's my sound that I want. Whereas I know if I was maybe 25 years younger, I would every day try something completely different because I was more experimental back then. And I think the option paralysis doesn't really uh, appeal to me anymore, but I can understand why it does. Um, But yeah, you're on your own there, fella.
1: <laughs> not, not totally. I've been playing a lot more digitally as well lately, so I, I get it. I just, the Kemper in and of itself, I didn't get as excited about as some of the plugins I've gotten to try. No, and so.
2: look, I got the new Neural DSP plugins for the Tone King and the Soldano amp, and they're wonderful, they're great, they do so much. Did they ever make me grin anywhere near as much as just switching on that standby switch on the amp? and just strumming a G chord 43 times.
0: Of course not. (laughs) Well, that's completely different. I mean, and I think that's something that's going to be lost in the future just because so many people are kind of being like, how do I explain this? There's so many people that are younger starting out that, you know, they buy a plugin of some sort that does an amp simulation and they think that's what a Sedano sounds like. But it's so different. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like recorded. But it's so different when you turn that amp on in the room you're in Mm -hmm. and it vibrates everything.
1: That's why you got to play through monitors if you're going to play plugins.
0: You got to. Yeah. So much better, for sure. Which I do.
1: But
2: I I used to play through uh, a floor monitor um, wedge that I used for my electronic drums as well, which unfortunately died. So now I just play through kind of like two five inch speaker monitors and they're very nice. They're. Brilliant sound reproduction. The bass can floor you, and all that. Five-inch speakers are never going to beat a four by twelve. That's no, and and
0: really, you're still that you're getting the sound of that mic damp. Yeah, right. That amp in the room sounds completely different. Oh yeah, if I even
2: move like three foot off, I'm so used because I've got my amp set up so basically the top speaker is about one foot lower than where my ear is, and about four foot away when I play. And you know I'm so used to that sound. If I walk around my room when I'm practicing, I'm like, I don't like it here. I'm I'm going back to the right. comfortable <laughs> corner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So that yeah. I mean, it doesn't make a big deal. So look, I know we're kind of uh, we're going to have to wrap up for time. So what I'm going to do here in an all new chasing tone first is I'm going to go through three sets of big releases, and uh, Brian and Blake, you can give me like one sentence responses to what you think of them. All right. Oh, Look at at that. Okay. Like right. I'm Fire round. <laughs> All right, let's try. There it is. Quick fire pedal. So the new Fender Hammer Tone pedals—they use a single. This is the only thing that I'm interested in. They use a single thumb screw on the back to take the base plate off.
1: That's neat. What do you think, Bry? I,
0: I think TC did that, or somebody, someone else has done that as well. I like it.
1: I like it too. I don't think they're the most aesthetically pleasing pedals ever, but overall, good value. The clips I've heard sound pretty good. I think
2: the phrase we use around here was they look like they were designed by Brian. I think that's... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is is there sticky labels on them? I mean, they're basically just like typefaces that have been warped in filters and... Uh the sort of cheap stuff you could one could do in Word if one were to treat Word like it was a proper illustration package, which I know <laughs> one never will again because that is a sin. <laughs> um Hey, that was so much more in one sentence. Let's go. All right, okay. New universal audio amp sim pedals. I think they've done a blackface, a tweed, and an AC thirty. That's an
0: interesting combination there, Bright. Hmm. Reminds me of Black sixty five, tweed fifty seven, and Ace thirty something.
1: Hmm. Invitation is the best source,
0: but uh, I mean those flattery. are flattery. Well, I mean, I, I so I wouldn't go that far because those are classic amps, right? Yeah. I, I will say that. You mean you that's something I've always wanted to do is take those models and then wrap cabinet sim type stuff. Yeah, with it. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a cool product.
1: I mean and UA like they have a great reputation. I'm I've never so played these, but. But I'm sure that they sound good. My question is, are these software-based or hardware-based as far as the actual, uh, I, I know they're, they're pedals, digital. but like, I believe they're digital? They're DS.
2: I believe it's, di- I can't, yeah. I, I, I can't remember where I read it. I'm sure I did. But, bright. I mean, it would be awesome if we were to take those three circuits and an IR loader and put them in one pedal, wouldn't it? That would sell. Is that possible?
0: That, that sounds like two notes. <laughs>
2: ah, which brings me on to my next thing, which is: Did you guys see the new Two Notes uh, v- Volteron? What is it, Volto? Um, I forget what it's called. But voltage. It looked cool. I forget. It looked really cool. And it's, it's reminded tube, me it's of high voltage UA. tubes. Yeah, yeah, it's got a real tube. The design mm-hmm. reminded me of uh, Universal Audio with the sort of rounded uh, recess stuff. Uh, Soldano sounding American side, Marshall sounding
0: British side. Wait, so it's only one tube? I thought it was all tube. I think it's only the one tube. Oh. Um, I haven't played it, so I can't give any sort of audio type thing, but I thought it was more than one tube. You know, because... I can only see one I tube. I want more tubes. I want if I, if I have a tube device, I want all tubes. All tube distortion.
1: Interesting. Cool. I mean, I, I do... I, I do uh, I'm trying to Google. Oh, oh. Google doesn't tell me anything. Uh, well, that's because we didn't
2: tell you the real name because we're complete and utter. Um, insert whatever insult you want about me here.
1: Um, I I have lots of them. Um, actually, where it is looks, it? It looks sweet. Uh, obviously, it looks cool. I was revolt. chatting to uh, revolt. Revolt. There, there it, is. it is. There you go.
0: Okay. I was chatting to let's, Jason. Let's from give two nights, here, uh, as quick. it came
2: out, and yeah, I thought it was very nice uh, looking. I just still, I'm not bought, and again. I think it's very much use case-based, so perhaps if I was gigging a lot and I wanted something small and compact on my pedalboard, I'm just not sold on the whole amp on my pedalboard thing yet. Really? I Not yet. I'm yet to kind of think to myself, that's what I really need. Like, I've seen all these Victory ones that have come
0: out, and they all look amazing, but I'm like, I don't think I need that. I was actually going to ask, is this a collaboration with Victory, or is this... Uh all the two notes. Thing. I think it's all I the think two, notes, all two so notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I interesting. Them. They've got some, uh, they've got the analog amp up. sim. So it is, I guess it is analog distortion. But it,
2: it's, only the, uh, it, it's only the, it's only the single tube. Yeah. But is it the power of the preamp that they're simulating there? Um, there's one part that isn't being done. I forget which, but uh, if only we knew someone at Two Notes who knew what they were talking about rather than me who knows nothing.
1: Like the everyone at Two Notes
0: is screaming at us right now. They're yeah. like, "It's I'm not you could,
1: guys have no idea what you're talking
0: about. You could have got our buddy Jason on here. We'll have I, to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, this is interesting because when I think of Two Notes, I think of uh, digital things because they X. do a lot of uh, I yeah IR loaders. And this very much appears to be... Well,
2: completely analog. Interestingly, I made the mistake when I was sort of talking to Bry about what the specs were of of mentioning IRs, but it has no IRs. It doesn't have an IR loader built in. It is just. No, it's got an
1: analog cab sim. It very much much does that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Built in analog speaker simulation.
0: Mm, I like my IRs. He's a grumpy bear today, isn't he?
1: Just everything I I say, he
0: likes the opposite. Well, I mean, I understand oh, why so like, it's going to add a lot of expense if you use IRs with tube and voltage. And I'm so sure. like confused.
1: What a second! Hold on, let well, me that's read the other this thing. to you. This
2: thing is three hundred and forty nine dollars. So this is a cheap floor amp. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think the Victory ones are, are similar in in pounds. But yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Quite affordable
0: for what you get. Yeah, really. So I think Two Notes have have scored a winner here. Yeah, I mean, I think if you take the Revolt, run it into the Torpedo cab, that's probably a great rig. If you're looking for a pedalboard, friendly... uh, I've got it, uh, yeah, I've I've
1: got it figured out here. I was getting confused, but the, the Revolt's guitar speaker sim also works in the studio when you're in a pinch. Just plug it in, you're ready to go. Want the ultimate DI solution? No problem. The Revolt guitar comes with... This is where I got confused... It comes with the Revolt Series G Dyne IR Cabinet Collection, which includes 10 superb Dyne IR captures inspired by the world's most coveted guitar amps. All you need to do is load the Dyne IRs into your Captor X, Torpedo Wall of Sound, or Torpedo Cab M Plus, and you'll be ready to rock. So you get some IRs when you buy this, but it's not a loader itself. Okay, got it. I did,
2: I have to say this to you, Brad, because this will resonate. Uh, Mm -hmm. I did have a little pop at Jason, friendly pop, and he assures me he wasn't responsible for writing the, the the copy for this pedal because someone described an element of the pedal as a veritable smorgasbord of uh, options of tone, I think, or something like that. I was like... Whoever wrote Veritable Smorgasbord needs shooting immediately. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll find it on my next uh, bit of copy for you, Brian. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right, well, uh, on that note, I-, I noticed they didn't include an IR for a Kemper because Kemper sucks, so not one of the 10 amazing <laughs> ac- amps that they've got. I don't know. I- I- Kempers are probably really
0: cool, actually. Is yours green, Bri? I, get, I-, I had the choice of black or white. I went with black, black and green. Yeah, nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, by the way... um. Not a diss towards Kemper, but I could use with some more actual specs on their stuff. I had to go digging around. I'm like, what kind of AD to DA conversion is this doing? Why are you not telling me this information?
1: You're on a um, need-to-know basis, Brian. And you know
0: and what? It, you don't need to know. <laughs> and the specs was like... It's good. And I'm like, what does that even mean?
2: <laughs> now that's what? the kind of copywriting I can get behind. Yeah. It's good. By the
0: Kemper,
1: it's more gooder.
0: It's more gooder, it's better than what you're using. <laughs> All right. I want more specs. So anyways. That's my that's my one bitch. <laughs> okay. The only—that's the only thing you've complained about so far, on this entire I episode. I don't know. I mean, regarding the camper, because I don't have it yet, so I'm sure oh. I'll, I'll find I'll find more things to complain v- very about. Very quickly me.
2: before you read the. Um, uh, exec producers out, I forgot to mention. I did put some merch up on the Mod Your Own Pedal uh, website, Bry. I refreshed no some way. of the Wampler merch.
0: I noticed there were some sales coming in for right, that. So like, where is this coming from?
2: Firstly, I put the new Ratsbane T-shirt up. Before I told anyone about it, I ordered one, had it delivered here, and checked it out. Dudes, it's a T-shirt I would wear. I designed a T-shirt I would wear. It looks cool as... So I'm very happy with that. Plus, I've done a couple of uh, Settle Down Circuit Nerd t-shirts. I might do some more. Yes, yes.
0: finally. It only took him three months to do that. Well, yes, I've had other things happening, Bri. Yeah, hanging out with the guys from My Chemical Romance and Mm -hmm. such. I get it. And Pink Mm -hmm. Floyd. Um, Yeah, and Pink
1: Floyd. And And going to Amsterdam. Yes. And that's the real reason it hasn't got done, because things have been Where I had the best
2: time. steak I've ever had, by the way, Blake. But that's a topic for another time.
1: All right. Let's
2: do all it. Right,
0: so, all right. So big thanks to our executive producers. Let me uh, take a deep breath, because this list is getting longer. Here we go. Bill Bays, Jake Young from Man the Helm Podcast, Justin Burke, David Tyndall, Night Haas, Dave Trombetti, Shannon Weaver and the band Reduce for Rust, Eric Wilson, Radar Frostad. Michael Freer, Sean Arbo of Gun Street Wiring, Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks, DJ Paddyf, F, Dylan Toxtone, Tone, Strand, Kevin Harrington, Barry from Grey's Guitars, Felicity, who makes the annoying memes, Tom Kelly, Pigsy, Zebo, John O'Neill, Robert Carr, Hunter Hudson, and Brett Alexander. Thanks so much. See you, see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, email info at tonemob.com, and Richard can be reached at richard at wamplerpedals.com. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is to share this podcast with a friend, leave a review and a rating wherever you normally get your podcasts, and also check out Blake's podcast called The Tone Mob. Make sure to check out WamplerPedals.com for blogs, videos, and of course, guitar effects. If you'd like to hear the post-podcast conversations and to get even more content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Chasing Tone Podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.